Last one standing wins. <laughs> Professional Podcast. Drinking from Human Skulls. A professional podcast. Hello everyone, welcome once again to Drinking from Human Skulls. My name is Doni Cardoni. We're back again for a very professional podcast. And today we're going to talk about uh, a very controversial figure and free speech and all of the related elements. And I'm referring to, if you read the show notes, of course, Alex Jones, who, and I just have to make this clear right off the get-go, I am not an Alex Jones fan. I think his ideas are nutty to say the least. And I should also be clear, I do find him to be hilarious from time to time because some of the ideas are just so wild and wacky that they get me, they just take me to that wild and wacky place in my brain. I find that funny. I like things that are wild and wacky. I have to just make something clear as well. I wasn't going to record this today. My wife gave me a bunch of extra little jobs to do. I hate it when she does that. And I thought, ah, now I'm too angry to podcast. But then I thought, oh, well, hold on. Let me channel the fury. And that's what you're getting. You're getting a little bit of extra fury today. So we'll see how it turns out. Talking about Alex Jones, he's amped up all the time. I guess his wife is giving them a bunch of tasks to do all the time. And now I'm in that headspace. So fitting to be talking about Alex Jones while I'm in a bit of an Alex Jones state of mind. So before we get into Alex, just a heads up. Obviously, if you're listening to this, you might be thinking, well, hmm, isn't the bigger story Donald Trump getting banned from all the things? Well, yeah, that is the bigger story, but I recorded this before that happened, and I never couldn't have imagined it would have taken such a turn. So just keep that in mind, but this is still valuable. I think this might be a series, perhaps Ban Them All could be the title. So I want to get into it today because I think everyone's kind of lost their mind and is not really thinking about this guy correctly, and I'm going to get into a bunch of it. The thing is with Jones is that for better or worse, he's become a symbol of free speech and how it ain't so free anymore. Timestamp it. It's the end of 2020. And earlier this year, he was basically canceled, banned, deplatformed, whatever you want to call it, by all the major social media platforms. Like we're talking Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, even Spotify is in the mix banning him. And this all happened within 12 hours. So... To me, that spells collusion of the highest order, and that ain't no good because these social media companies are supposed to be unbiased platforms, and they're now kind of becoming curators of content, more or less. They define what shows up at the, at the top of your feeds, etc. And so it's kind of not really unbiased anymore. And, you know, the banning of Alex Jones was one example of that. But the reason I'm talking about Alex today is because somehow he's actually aligned himself with Donald Trump. Now, he's been a Trump uh, supporter, I guess, for the longest time. But now he's speaking at rallies in a somewhat more official capacity. He was often at his rallies, like maybe on the outskirts with a megaphone, kind of yelling stuff about the pet. <laughs> The, the pedophiles and the globalists, but now he's actually speaking at 
um, rallies. So, you know, of course, these rallies right now are taking place timestamp at the end of 2020 because there's some dispute over the election and the results of the election. But um, I wanted to play something for you. I wanted to play him speaking at this rally because I think it's it's so funny. It's so hilarious. And let's remember that he's already been canceled and deplatformed. And yet people are calling for him now to be arrested. The deplatforming was not enough. Now he needs to be arrested because he said something bad about president-elect Joe Biden. And of course, the president is protected by some extra free speech laws. I don't know exactly. We'll talk about that after. Let's play the clip of Alex Jones speaking truth to power. You tell me what you think. Take a drink of this. We will never back down to the satanic, pedophile, globalist, new world order. And their walking dead, reanimated corpse, Joe Biden. And we will never recognize him. Trump, President Trump had zero connection to Russians, no proof, four years of investigation. With the Bidens, it's open and shut. So I don't know who's going to the White House in 38 days, but I sure know this. Joe Biden is a globalist, and Joe Biden will be removed one way or another. Uh, wow, I mean, honestly... I'm I'm finding it hard to to find anything wrong with that statement. <laughs> oh my gosh, we will never back down from the globalist, satanic, pedophile, new world order. I mean, listen, I, I, this term globalist, I think it's been kind of maligned and turned into the dog whistle for anyone who just is against the establishment. I, I think if we were all in the same team. Like every country, that would be better. But we'll talk about globalism later. But then he calls Joe Biden a walking dead reanimated corpse. I mean, come on. It's just too funny. Oh my gosh. I mean, it's it's hilarious. He is super old and he acts his age. Like honestly, my grandmother is five years older than him. She's way more lucid. And I don't know why he's doing the, like, the most important job in the world basically leading the economy of the world. If I cherry pick some things that Alex Jones says that are kind of interesting, four years of investigation of Russian collusion, and there was no evidence found. And again, I'm not a Trump supporter. I'm not a Alex Jones fan, but that's the truth. And then he goes on to say, with the Bidens, it's open and shut. And that's also the truth. It's the super truth here, guys. Listen, let's just say Joe Biden's not involved. But he did fly Hunter Biden to China on Air Force Two, which is kind of a, a wicked big deal. But let's just say he's not involved in the business dealings at all. Give him the benefit of the doubt. Here's the deal. If my son does something whack, like my own son, and I have a son, and if he grows up and does something whack, that is for me to own completely because it's my failure as a father to steer him down the right path. Don't give me this bullshit like they always try to say, oh, it's Hunter Biden. It's not Joe Biden. You can't excuse Joe Biden. He's evil. His son is evil. The case is open and shut, just like Alex says.
Now they want to arrest Alex Jones, but they want to arrest him for something he says, which is a little more egregious. What did he say? Let me just play that again. With the Bidens, it's open and shut. So I don't know who's going to the White House in 38 days, but I sure know this. Joe Biden is a globalist and Joe Biden will be removed one way or another. Okay, so he calls him a globalist again and then he says he'll be removed one way or another. Now, it's kind of a vague statement. Alex Jones doesn't say, I'm going to kill him. He doesn't say, I'm going to remove him. He doesn't say, I'm going to. He doesn't say, we are going to remove him. He says, he will be removed one way or another. He kind of takes the pronoun out. Makes it an indirect statement. I mean, honestly, it's a tactic that Alex Jones uses. I don't think that would stand up legally in any kind of court. A court of public opinion has already spoken. On Twitter, there are hundreds of people calling for his arrest. I guess he threatens Joe Biden's life, as we said, and apparently the thing is that threats against the president's life are considered protected speech and are therefore punishable by law, I guess. Well, I got to tell you one thing. You mean to tell me that the horde of Trump-hating orange man bad fools who make daily threats against the president's life on Twitter and never see a ban? Are you kidding me? Alex Jones says something that is not even a direct threat at a rally. And there are these people who are threatening Donald Trump every single day since he got elected. Come on. I don't know why there's this trend towards censorship. And I'm actually not sure what the problem is. Is it that people have become weaker? They're unable to deal with contrary points of view. They're unable to ingest something and say, well, that's just silly and move on with their life? Is that what's going on? Or is it that perhaps Alex Jones's audience has grown to a sizable amount and therefore he has more influence and therefore his ideas spread more and therefore they're more dangerous? Is that why the people seem to think he needs to be censored? From my experience, and this is like maybe 15 years ago now, I had a job. I worked with a guy named Craig, great guy. He would listen to Alex Jones. I didn't think Craig was a loser. He would just listen to Alex Jones in the office openly. But anyways, that's how I first learned about Alex Jones. And then after listening to him speak a bunch of times, I immediately just just figured out that he is certainly he's off the deep end kind of guy. He's kind of this controversial figure. The thing is, he's always been that, but he's only being censored recently and being deplatformed this year. I just want to say straight off, this is why you can't fuck with free speech. I, I know we don't always like things that people say, but you can't cancel them. And here's why. Number one, people should be able to tell a good idea from a bad idea. That is actually a skill, okay? So you should be able to critically think about things you hear and go, well, that's just silly and just disregard it. People who get sucked into the Alex Jones and the QAnon world are people who clearly don't have critical thinking skills, I'm sorry to say. There may be a bunch of globalists out there and George Soros and whatever, pedophiles, Pizzagate, whatever, that may be happening, but there's no proof. Hey guys, it's me, Doni, the host of Drinking From Human Skulls. The world is coming to an end, you don't have a job, and you're bleeding your parents dry. Pretty soon, everyone you know and love is going to die in nuclear war. That's why this is the perfect time to donate to Drinking From Human Skulls, a professional podcast. Just visit drinkingfromhumanskulls.com and click the donate button to get started. And if you can't afford to donate, Click on anything that looks like an ad. Doing so will help me and your corporate overlords. Why let your money disintegrate in a mushroom cloud when you could support the Drinking From Human Skulls podcast? Now, let's get back to the show. Uh.
Nevertheless, people need to have critical thinking ability. And if we just say censor those with bad ideas, then they're not developing that critical thinking. They're being sheltered. Don't let me see any bad thoughts and any bad things. I don't want to see them. I want to live in a perfect world. Well, you know what? The world ain't perfect. And so part of being able to make it better is being able to identify bad thoughts and then not let them affect you and then perhaps counter them or whatever you want to do. So that's reason one, number one. Reason number two why you can't fuck with free speech is because people right now, they're just basically censoring themselves because they don't want to be canceled as well. One of the things I want to do in this show is I want to actually interview people who have been canceled. You know, high profile people eventually, of course, but even people who are like, no, I don't want to wear a mask at Walmart and they get that video thrown up and they get fired from the job. To me, that's reprehensible. Okay, you're going to film somebody who's having a bad day and then fire them? Because they said, you know, a couple bad words or they just didn't want to wear a mask or whatever. That's fucked up. Okay, so this is a real problem because people are just always censoring themselves. They're always just saying, okay, well, should I say that? I mean, this is what I think, but should I put it out there? Let's say I have a bad idea and I put it out there. And I get canceled for it. Well, now I'm not going to put any of my ideas out there. I'm just going to be totally stifled. And the thing is, if we put a bad idea out there, we should just be met with people saying, hey, hold on, that's a bad idea, and here's why. And then maybe you learn. So by throttling free speech, you're taking away people's ability to learn and grow. And by the way, that's the thing that happens over the course of your life. You're not born a pristine, wonderful human being. Nobody is. You have to learn, and there's learning that takes place over the course of your entire life, and that doesn't stop on social media. Or at least it shouldn't, if this truly is an open and free platform, which it isn't, by the way. So, rule number one, people need to be able to tell good ideas from bad. And rule number two, we shouldn't have an environment where you fear cancellation. And if you're self-censoring as well, I think what happens is people just kind of go insular and they just don't say what they want to say. They just align with whatever narrative is going to be socially reinforced. And that's not always the best narrative, because right now... What we saw is we saw censoring of valid information on Twitter and Facebook about this Hunter Biden quote-unquote leak, which was 100% valid, and they censored that, and anyone who basically put that out there was censored, and, and if you believe that, you were a loony person. And so now people are just unable to think critically, and they're unable to do anything because they're being censored. So this is not good. This is, in fact, not free speech. And basically, we're going into doublespeak 1984 Orwellian times right now. And maybe five years ago, people would be like, oh, you know, oh look, George Orwell is uh, rolling in his grave. They, they would make that reference half-jokingly because it's kind of like not really exactly as bad as 1984. Now, I don't think we can say the same thing. It is probably just as bad as 1984. We're going to get our chocolate rations pretty soon. We're going to be writing in our secret notebooks, hidden from view. Everything's going to be on camera in our little domiciles. If you haven't read 1984, go ahead and read it because it's required reading. So, oh gosh, so, I, uh, this kind of stuff gets me real riled up because I actually talked to my wife about this. I said, do you think that this guy should be canceled, this Alex Jones guy? I gave her all the bad things that he did, and I told her this is what free speech is. And so she said, she said yes, I think this guy should be removed and he should be censored. So my wife, my own wife, doesn't quite get it. Believe me, I understand 
the impulse because we'll, we'll go through some of the stuff that Alex Jones has put out there recently that is kind of a little bit wild and wacky that's got him in trouble. Specifically, we'll talk about the um, Pizzagate stuff, which is wild and wacky if you ask me. And then also we'll talk about the Sandy Hook denial, which happened many years ago, but sort of was a main thing that got him canceled. But before we get into that, I just want to say one thing is you actually can't silence a figure like Alex Jones. Anyway, since he's been deplatformed, he's been a guest on huge podcasts, specifically the likes of Joe Rogan, of course, biggest podcast in the world. And Tim Poole, who's like one of the biggest YouTubers doing news commentary, and he's got his own podcast called the RL Podcast. But if you follow Joe Rogan, he actually put his entire back catalog on Spotify for some insane amount of money, and he doesn't do ads anymore. It's just all on Spotify. One thing that they pointed out is that they didn't import the past Alex Jones episodes, which I found to be quite curious. Uh, and there were some protests against Joe Rogan by angry Spotify staff members. This is part of the problem. They're saying, hey, you can't put Joe Rogan on because he puts people like Alex Jones on his podcast. And they're protesting that and saying, we're going to quit if you don't take Joe Rogan's podcast down or take these episodes down. You know what? Quit. Anyways, they didn't import those Alex Jones episodes, and Joe Rogan has said on his podcast he can't get a straight answer from Spotify, which I, I'm sorry, I don't really believe that necessarily, but he had Alex Jones on as a guest a couple times, I think, since exclusively moving to Spotify. My point is you can't really silence a guy like Alex Jones because when you silence him, he becomes a bigger get as a podcast guest, and so he'll grow his audience on different platforms, which he has. Specifically, I think Parler is one. I don't know if they are pandering to the right or if the right is just being forced to congregate there because Twitter is a place that's just rife with censorship and Facebook as well. But when Alex Jones went on Tim Pool's podcast, Tim Pool's a YouTube guy, so he puts all of his stuff on YouTube as well. And he did an episode with Alex Jones and another guy named Michael Malice, and it was taken off. They took it off. And so then Tim Poole actually recently did another episode with Alex Jones and with Michael Malice again. And this one they didn't take down. So anyways, uh, in fairness, I, I want to play some clips from various places where Alex Jones has been clearly wrong. So I want to be clear. I'm not pro-Alex Jones. I'm pro-free speech. And there's probably some limits. I just don't know what the limits are. I, I just know that every time you put a limit on something like that, it, it creates a rabbit hole. So anyway, let's look at a couple of these clips. First one's with a guy, a uh, rapper. You might know him. His name is T.I. He's trying to nail Alex Jones. He does nail him on um, Pizzagate. Anyway, take a drink of this. But why is this guy a pizza shop owner, a guy who bakes pizzas for a living? Why would this guy be helmed? As the most influential because, person. Because he... Why would, he, why would he be along the side of the Clintons, the Bushes, the, the Obamas? Why would he be alongside all of these people? What has he done besides make such a good pizza? T.I., I am agreeing with you. I'm asking. No, am, there's no agreeing with No, me. no, I'm, I'm telling you. Question. Sure, sure. I'm telling you, I have WikiLeaks documents. 
and photos and all of this of them doing Aleister Crowley rituals and of it listing top Democrats in attendance and photos of people in attendance. And then when it all came out, the New York Times tried to say, oh, look at this art exhibit and threw the photos up themselves in giant spreads mm. to try to hide it in plain view. All right. So I, so, so there was some creepy stuff at the pizza place. There wasn't a basement, like the news said. Mm-hmm. We covered that. There wasn't a basement. Sure. So you did. So, so wait a minute. You're telling me that you went down to search for the tunnel and found nothing. That's what you're saying? No, what I'm saying is, is that the, the, they But were, you said there no, was no basement. No, they released... Uh, you the, said there was no the basement like... You said there was no basement like the news said. That's what you, you said. You know where there is a basement? No, I didn't ask I'll you. I'll tell you where there is. I did not ask you where no. there was a basement. So T.I. is basically kind of forcing Alex to run through his ludicrous theories on Pizzagate. You know, I haven't really dissected Pizzagate, full disclosure, to the nth degree. Um, By all accounts, there were some weird paintings there. John Podesta had meals there. There was mention of this restaurant in some email leaks from Hillary Clinton, etc. You know, the Clintons are connected to Epstein. It's all kind of a little um, weird, I guess, but... Let's listen to a clip of Alex Jones responding to interrogation and a deposition about his comments on Sandy Hook over the years. And it really has been years where he's making these comments. And by the way, for those of you who are not familiar, Alex Jones put the theory out there that he thought there were abnormalities in the media's presentation of the um, event to the point where he said that he thought the event was fake. He thought there was no shooting. He thought it was just a news story to drum up terror. And that obviously is not true. So here's the deposition asking Alex a very plain question. Let me make sure I have this really clear. Mm-hmm. You don't believe the official story of Sandy Hook. You think there was cover-up? You think there was manipulation? You think that there is some sinister thing going on? I still, yes, I still think, I think children died. I believe mass shootings happened. They said one in Brazil, a tragedy. And I believe it's a crisis. And, and I go back to the point of all gun owners being collectively blamed. Then it's traumatic. And, and, and so people go and they find anomalies. And then I've kind of retrospectively gone back and seen how I did believe that stuff. And, and, and then I go back and I've now studied more, actually, the real anomalies. And, and it's just the school system and government trying to cover its rear end from, 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 from liability. And, the, and, and so there definitely has been a very, I mean, there's been a cover-up of the events. And I think there's a lot of evidence showing there could have been a second shooter. There is the helicopter footage of the man in the woods. So even in backtracking and walking back his thoughts on the event, he still points out that there's anomalies and he's clearly an untethered individual. He just can't speak plainly about these events, even in a deposition where his financial livelihood's on the line and where freedom is on the line, he still can't just plainly say, you know what, I realize I made a mistake and that isn't the truth. It's almost as if he's performing for an audience that he knows exists while in the deposition. So he's a very slippery individual, but we have to, again, not censor that, just recognize the slippery nature of his verbiage. So listen, here's the deal. You know, canceling, silencing Alex Jones, it it, it kind of has a backfire effect because I don't think he was getting a lot of new audience members on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, etc. I think he was pretty much preaching to his own choir. But when you kind of make him a little more of an 
interesting guests by silencing him, canceling him. And he goes on Joe Rogan. He goes on Tim Pool. He gets a lot of people who are like, oh, this guy sounds reasonable. So it's pretty much clear to me that when he goes on these podcasts, he kind of tethers himself. And if you compare his guest spots on other podcasts to his actual InfoWars show, he keeps it a lot more grounded in reality when he's a guest. And when he <laughs> is on his own show, he ramps it up 10 times at least. So that's why it doesn't work. You can't silence him anyway. So you're nerfing people, you're restricting their ability to grow, and you're also having the inverse effect that you want, which is to get this guy to kind of come in line with reality. He's just preaching to a, a, a growing audience of people who are more and more disaffected because what, you, what happens when you censor people is their followers are like, well, everything on this platform is bullshit. Everything on Facebook, everything on Twitter is bullshit now. Everything from Google and in the, in the mainstream media is bullshit. And so you're radicalizing them more. Do you see? That's the adverse effect. That's not what you want. You're creating an even bigger conspiracy bubble. Hey guys, it's me, Doni. Head to drinkyfromhumanskills.com to join my mailing list. I'll send you my newest episodes and my hottest selfies. See you there. Right? And it seems to me on the left, you have the sort of Orwellian fall in line. If you don't believe the main narrative, you're a cuckoo nutty nut. And on the right, you have the cuckoo nutty nuts who uh, believe in flat earth and this and that. And... It seems like the way that the left operates in that sort of you must agree to the narrative way, it pushes people into the right and into grasping at these conspiracy theories and just different wild notions. They believe in a lot of wild, wacky stuff. But I think that they are created because they see instances of lies on the left and they just say, and they, I'm going to reject this. Fuck this stuff. I'm going over here where I can talk to people who reinforce my wild ideas. And this becomes an echo chamber. So when you silence these people, you effectively create echo chambers of bad ideas. You know, on the left, you have people who are just not questioning anything, because if you question you're an asshole or you're not empathetic or you're a, a, a Nazi, I guess, as they say. And on the right, if you don't question you're an idiot, you're a cuck, you're a liberal fool, and Donald Trump is equal to Jesus Christ. So both sides are obviously insane in their own special little way. And that's the problem. That's a big problem, you know? Alex Jones is one thing, but how do we solve this problem of cancel culture, free speech, censoring, deplatforming? Now they're censoring Donald Trump's tweets, for example. They'll censor other people's tweets and they'll say, this is not true. Or they'll delete it altogether, or there's something called shadow banning, which is like you don't even know that you're being censored. This is not good. This is terrible. And let's also not forget that these platforms, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, they are for profit. Follow the money. Follow the money. And that's just what it is. Either this platform is a free and open platform or it's not. I, I honestly think it's not because it's a for-profit platform. The board of directors on these companies, the Zucker nerds, okay, and the other guy, Jack Dorsey of Twitter, they answer to a board of directors and investors. 
Their job is to make that money number go up. And that's all. Now, they may have other nefarious stuff that they want to do and control people. Who knows? But at the end of the day, follow the money. They want the money to go bigger. So what do you do? I mean, right now, we saw an election that was basically flipped directly by social media. Now, it's interesting because Donald Trump and Roger Stone and his um, election team in 2016, they leaned into some weird stuff that was going on in social media. For example, the fake news stuff that was uh, tickling the ears of a lot of right-leaning people. They would create videos like, you know, lock her up, stuff that would exist and be targeted to people against Hillary Clinton and would only be targeted to people who are on the right and, and would vote for Trump. So they manipulated social media in 2016 very well to get votes. But it wasn't like social media was trying to get Trump elected. They just were kind of a little slow on the uptick. This time in the 2020 election, social media was an active player in preventing the spread of information. And they just said it was disinformation, which is a total lie as well as censoring. Not only was it a total lie, but they were just saying, we're going to just remove this. For example, the New York Post, the original article of revelations about Hunter Biden's laptop that was acquired Revelations that have all come to light, and now in December 2020, it's been proven that Hunter Biden has been under federal investigation for the last two years. So Facebook and Twitter said, if you share this information, you'll be banned. In fact, they literally banned the New York Post's Twitter account. And then Jack Dorsey said, oh, no, that was a technicality or some bullshit. That was a technicality. Come on. Restore it instantly you're not bound by the system infrastructure. You can flip a switch and restore anyone at will. That's how it works. We're not stupid. Give me a break. They censored directly. And in my mind, that's so much worse than what Donald Trump did in 2016, which is basically just leaned into an audience and sort of pandered to them with the intelligent use of targeted ads. I work in marketing. Now, if I was running for president, would I do that kind of stuff? No, it's nefarious. But the thing is, he didn't cheat. And I really think that social media was cheating, absolutely cheating on behalf of Joe Biden in this last election. And we'll just have to remain you know, vigilant on that, I guess. I don't know what we do because honestly, these platforms are so huge now and it's a worldwide thing. They need to be cleaned up, and I don't know what the solution is because I guess I have to become government-run, but then at the same time, you see all sorts of abnormalities in the government to channel Alex Jones. You see tons of abnormalities in the way that these different government institutions run, not only in the United States and Canada and certainly other countries. You see tons of abnormalities and not a lot of people on the same page in how they operate. And then, of course, we have different interventions from other people of other um, countries who may or may not be nefarious. So what is the solution? Actually, I really don't know. I'm hoping that this conversation can continue to evolve. But I do know that if you censor people like Alex Jones, it's not going to go like you want. I mean, he's on the loose now. His ideas can reach wild new heights. He's a, a more lucrative podcast guest because people are now like, oh, there's the guy who's been canceled. Let's see what he's up to. Whereas before, they were just kind of like Alex Jones, whatever, not really paying attention. People are now 
interest in what he has to say. I am listening to every podcast that he guests on. I want to hear what this guy has to say now in light of his censorship. So effectively, you're increasing his audience by censoring him. I guess I just don't know why we can't live in a world where Alex Jones is rightfully countered for his silly ideas. And simply those ideas we put on display for everyone to see. I also think this is how people get radicalized. When you censor, when you deplatform, it's like a little whisper to say, hey, that's the stuff you might want to check into. Yeah, a certain percentage of people are going to go check out his back catalog that wouldn't have otherwise done that and be radicalized in a sense. And there's all sorts of examples of hypocrisy here. I mean, there's the Ayatollah of Iran, for example. If you translate his tweets, he's calling for people to be lynched. It's like he's calling for death to infidels. No exaggeration. Are you going to ban Alex Jones for putting out silly theories and like little nonsense things? Fabrications and QAnon dog whistles? And you're going to let the Ayatollah basically call for the death of all the infidels? It's, it's not consistent. And I guess maybe they're hyper-focused on the American market because that's where probably the majority of the employees are from. But it's a real tough question, and we got to get to the bottom of it. And those are just some thoughts, all right? So we'll probably talk about Alex Jones again. I don't think that the uh, story is finished on him. And I certainly don't think the story is finished on censorship, cancellation, deplatforming, banning, that kind of stuff. And like I said, in the future, I really want to talk to these people who have been canceled, not only the high-profile people, but people who have been canceled in general. I want to get their perspective because they're canceled and they just lose their job and their life is either it's over or they've been taken down a, a serious peg. And a lot of people, especially during these quarantine times, are holding on to a job. A lot of people don't have a wide range of skills and they need that job to survive and to support their family. And by canceling them and getting your little social justice virtue signaling points, you've effectively ruined someone's life. And I just don't understand the kind of person who wants to film someone and put it online and cancel them. That is the worst kind of person to me. And we're going to talk about filming people and posting that online because honestly, that's been on an uptick lately. And I think is the worst possible thing. If I'm ever in a conflict with someone, it never occurs to me to take my fucking phone out and start filming them. If someone says something racist, if someone says something crazy, deal with them directly. Okay, let it be known. If you take your phone out and film something, you're doing a bitch move. And these people who film fights and film conflicts that they're not even involved in. And we're going to talk about the notion of filming people a little bit later. I, I don't know if I can do a whole episode on that, but that gets me hot and bothered big time. So that's about all I can conjure up on Alex Jones. He's a figure I'm sure will return. Timestamp it. It is now December 2020, end of a wild year. Please do uh, visit my website. It is www.drinkingfromhumanskulls, all one word, no dash, no hyphen, dot com. That's once again www.drinkingfromhumanskulls.com. Check it out. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you can get it. It's going to be everywhere Spotify, SoundCloud your Google Podcasts, whatever. Every, it'll be everywhere. Stitch, Stitcher. So check me out. Go to my website. Leave me a comment. Rate and review on iTunes. Do all the stuff. Like, help me out, please. I want to get this out there. Uh, I've got so much to say. My hope is that this kind of message speaks to people and that I can kind of pull people in from the fringes. My hope is I can pull people in from the extreme left and the extreme right 
because these fringes are not helpful. And I understand why people are being pushed to these fringes. And I'm not saying that I'm the king of all wisdom, but I do recognize that tribalism and teams and these fringe ideologies that are emerging, Antifa on the left and um, all these conspiracy uh, theorists on the right and just tons of bad ideas. So I think it, it's necessary. You know, we have figures who are trying to do the same thing to varying degrees of success. And I'm just trying to be another voice in that spectrum to help people think clearly, get another point of view. Okay. All right. So that's it for the, the episode today. Thank you for coming. This has been another episode of Drinking from Human Skulls, a professional podcast. Thank you, and have a good day.